welcome to the Oregon Sportscast Podcast, the most refreshing analysis, insight, and opinions in the world of sports. Here are your hosts, Josh Egan and Brandon Waterhouse. Okay, we're back. I know we said we would be back Saturday, but uh, the Blue Jays are active. The MLB is active. And since Brandon and I know absolutely nothing about baseball, Tyrus was kind enough to reach out to us and say, you guys know nothing about baseball. Why don't you <laughs> and explain yeah. what's going on? And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a fantastic idea. So after some scheduling conflicts, uh, we got it figured out. So Tyrus, welcome to the show. Tell us about yourself. Thank you. Thank you. How, how do you know us? What's, what's going on here? Uh, so I know you guys just directly from Humber. I'm a Humber student as well. Same program, sport management. Um, but originally I'm from Innisfil, Ontario. So a little bit farther north, about an hour and a half north. Um, grew up there whole life. Um, played uh, high-level baseball my whole life in the city. Um, been around. I've been playing national-level ball since I was I about 13, 14, remember correctly, and uh, just been around the game my whole life. Um, and then got, I was getting, going through the recruiting process with my team. Um, actually, I had quite a few offers in the States. Uh, and then a whole kind of Trump thing started happening and things like that. So I ended up, Humber kind of came in, coach uh, emailed me, came to a couple of my games and got recruited to Humber. So that's kind of how I ended up at Humber. Um, Long story short, I'm just going uh, yeah, to ask the personal side of it of how you, uh, I'll let you go in, but you just told us that's how you got recruited here to Humber. So, yeah, yeah. So it's, it was a cool, uh, coach came up my game and uh, talked to my parents, whatever. Um, and then I spoke to him after the game, uh, brought me on like an official visit to campus during the summer. Um, so it's kind of cool. Nobody was there. Um, got to meet Rick and Ash when our program coordinators, you guys know, um before I was even in the program which is cool because you knew I was interested in that so I got to sit down with them have a nice chat um and then after that that visit it felt awesome like it was like feels at home it kind of felt right um team was really good we had really a uh, really good team really competitive team what do you play what's your position yeah I'm a catcher actually so right catcher I think I knew, yeah I think you told me that for sure yeah so yeah it's good it's uh we're really good squad, so we're looking uh, looking on up. So you know, we're all sports management students. Josh, as I know, you might have. Yeah. We're about to hop in there. Uh, we all have our sports too. I, I think I'll be honest here. Hockey's for Josh. Not that I'm a basketball expert by any means, but it's what I watch the most. And we have our our baseball guy. I think it's important when you're trying to be a student in a sports management is uh, not to diversify so much that you just focus on one sport because then you kind of limit your options to. Uh, Exactly. You know, what your past would be. So we're super happy to have you here. And we want to know more about how uh, much of insider you are with the Jay stuff going on. And uh, where do you get your news from? And, you know, why do you think that the Jays are going to make one more or two more moves? Yeah. So where I get my knowledge from is either a general a TV like everybody else. But I actually follow a bunch of uh, MLB insiders, Blue Jays insiders that maybe people don't know about. Um, through like either social media apps like social um, Instagram things like that but uh, they all, there's also like blogs and things online that people don't know about where you can kind of get um, a head start on rumors and things that are swirling around before the general public gets to know them um, so that's kind of where my general knowledge comes from and just aside from the passion of the game as well um, but yeah I, I honestly I think the Jays they're they're good they're going for it they're, I think there's a couple more moves they 
are they're guaranteed to make in my opinion they're they have to um just the way the way the squad is shaping up um so first of all yeah i let you go but i want to get the initial reaction out of you is and josh i know josh knows like two inches more baseball than i do but is this a a, on a scale of a b c d minus maybe you know what's this george springer deal like I can answer that one because I've, I've seen it on it's an <laughs> but, a, right, but It's an A-plus for the Jays. I think I got that one right. Okay, so to, what about that? I'd what about to the, slightly yeah. disagree with you on that, uh, uh, so on that Josh. Already, but I'm, I'm already wrong. <laughs> I would go with that. I'd go with an A-minus just because um, we just had to play, pay a premium for George Springer. You know, they had not many people want to play in Toronto because there's things like taxes that people don't think, right? Um, they have to relocate their families to Toronto. That's a big deal, right? The border issues, whatever. Um, so they had to pay a premium for George Springer. They had to go more years than they wanted originally. They wanted a four to five year deal. Um, and they're looking the 120 to $125 million range. And, you know, that ended up with about a $150 million deal um and some incentives or whatever so they had to pay a premium to get them but you know they have the salary cap to do it and i think they made the right move with end up paying the premium because if you look at the lineup now it's it's just stacked from one through nine in my opinion it's it's one of the better offensive lineups in the league in my opinion so so what does he bring to the other side of the ball what is it what does george what does keep going on his on his batting but what is what does george bring to the other side of the ball defense Oh, defensively, he's one. He is. I would. I'd go a top five, probably defensive outfielder, uh, defensive center fielder in the league. Um, he isn't. He's not going to be the most speediest outfielder you're going to see in center field. Um, but his his reactions, his uh, routes to balls, they're super efficient. If you take a look at uh, certain metrics, right, like route efficiency and things like that, he's one of the tops in the league. Um, Good. And I think he brings a real good, like, veteran presence. He's been around the league for a while in that center field. He solidifies that, right, where Randall Gritchick wasn't really a center fielder before. Um, so he's going to help guys like Lotus Correal Jr. in left field and Tay Oscar in right field. It's just going to make them a much better outfielder altogether cohesively, right? Now, I don't want to drop before you hop in. I want to ask one more thing. That was great that you mentioned the young guys of the, of the Blue Jays. Uh, I don't know much about George Springer. I don't even know much about his age, but he's one, maybe twice even. Um, just once or twice. Yeah, twice. What does he bring in terms of veteran? Does he, are people, does, has he ever been a veteran? Do people look up to him? Yeah. So it was actually an interesting question. Um, I was reading an article yesterday and I pre- believe John Morosi um, is another MLB insider released this, but he, uh, he's one of the, they say he's one of the most liked clubhouse guys in the league. Guys just gravitate towards him. He's uh, always there to like, apparently help uh, younger guys and, really help them kind of develop their develop into their next game, right? And become those elite players like a Bo Bichette, turn them to an elite player, right? Those Kevin Bijos, turn them to an elite player, make that next step. Um, so I think he really brings a calming presence in that clubhouse, right? He's been there. He knows what it takes. Although there is uh, an asterisk beside their World Series win, cheating or whatever, but he, he's been there. He knows what it takes. He knows the environment regardless, right? Um, and even with, that whole cheating scandal um the next year when that all came out he was one of the few guys that still put up good numbers on that astros team right you had guys That's like important. altuve and like, right you had guys like altuve and whatever had down years 
and George Springer still had his regular year. Good. So I think it's a good sign, right? Right. So I'm just going to go off baseball one second. Uh, Tyrus, do you watch Tim and Sid? I do. I don't, I usually don't miss an episode every day. Five, five. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. So uh, it was just announced. We got breaking news here. Sid Sixero will be leaving Tim and Sid. He is going to be joining breakfast television. Tim McCaff will continue to host the show by himself for now. So uh, Sid Sixero is leaving Tim and Sid. This is extremely is creepy because I don't know if you caught this. I literally went on about a five minute rant the other day about how Sid is the biggest idiot in Toronto media. So oh, we're, 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 we're sticking this as they say, we're clipping that together. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah. we'll uh, we'll get back to baseball. I just wanted to bring that up in case you knew who they oh, were. I did not know that. I did. That not just know happened that. while we were filming, I think. Yeah, it literally just happened like two seconds ago. That's why I was but looking Josh. down at my phone. So, uh, yeah, Sid Sixero leaving Tim and Sid. So maybe they can get. Uh, That's sad to see. Instead of <laughs> instead of Tim and Sid, we can get Josh and Brandon on Sportsnet. Maybe actually. Yeah. Hey, you never know, man. You never know. All right, so uh, let's get back to the uh, back to baseball. And you brought up the the Houston Astros scandal. That that to me is one of the most fascinating things to happen in sports in the last what fifty to sixty years. Like probably yeah, uh, modern era. Yeah, modern well, era for sure. You're you're a baseball player. I played baseball once when I was when I was ten. So I'm not going to say I'm a baseball player, but. <laughs> um, what was your initial initial reaction to that? Like, as a, a high level baseball player, like, were you mad about it? Were you thinking, well, they got a, like, what what went through your mind? Because as someone who just watches the sport, I was like, oh, okay, that that's kind of shitty of them. But yeah, yeah. Like, uh, honestly, the- I I was on both sides of the fence. I was I was mad. I was upset. I was like, oh, come on, you guys are professional uh, organization, and that's kind of how you want to run things. But in another sense, I came from from player side too, where there's ways inside the game that stuff like that happens that would could be considered cheating, like picking up signs, um, right? If, for an example, you got a guy on second base. Usually, the runner is checking in on the catcher to see what he's putting down, and if he starts to make a like there's a pattern, right? Then you start sending signals from second base to the batter, and then you kind of you kind of know roughly what pitch is coming, off-speed, fastball, right? So things like that are always happening in the game. So I was like, not give it, like not, it's not understandable what they did. I was, because the degree of what happened and the, the fact they used technology and it came from like upper management, there's reports that they knew about it and let it go on. Um, I, that's what rubbed me the wrong way is how in-depth and how much time they took into that's funny now that you brought that up I formulating that it wasn't just the uh trash cans that was banging i remember the big picture of no it might have been altuve actually it was coming down and he's trying to hide his wire yeah, i'm like right or the wire whatever right so i was kind exactly. of forgetting the whole time it's it's remembered as the the trash bin scandal but it kind of went a couple of different levels no yeah and that's the thing that a lot of people kind of forget about because it was the trash can that caught all the media's attention right multiple um, trash cans yes right so you got things like those buzzers um right so it's for example you have a buzzer on one side buzzer on the other whatever one goes off off speed fastball oh wow so you kind of right. know so and that's what kind of that's what really kind of separates it for me is where it's like yeah that's you're really fun. going into depth like that's you're going pretty, for, that's, you're not just trying to pick up 
on other teams. It's not an right here. It's not. It's not the. Tr- it's not the equipment guy accidentally banging into the trash can in the fifth row of the bleacher seats. Right. You. Uh, you got right. the. You got the ET guy from the Bell Internet, and he's connected to the whole <laughs> hotspot on Altuve. Well, it's like yeah, exactly. There's, there's a difference between having a runner on second steal signs and strapping a Doctor Home machine to yourself. That's so Doctor Ho. I think that's Dr. what the difference is. Let's head back to the Jays. I just wanted to get your opinion. We're kind of all over the place here, Tim and Sam. Well, you know what? It has a big. It has a big deal to do with it because even yeah. you know. Yeah. I'll say we're with Sportsnet, like where Tim and Sid come. I think they released the 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 warning. It was like a warning graphic. Like, do Blue Jays fans are they warned about the scandal that he's brought to the his 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 career, or do you know does this affect how the fans in Canada would view him? So it's not that you know not talking about the Jays because of the Astros, but it's pretty important I think to the way we're going off. And speaking of the Astros, right, Brantley, um, you stole my uh, fucking transition. You know what, Josh? You took eighteen years to get there. So I tell you what, I grew a whole new mustache. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, called suspense what um what fell through there what fell through i was sending that right away i was like holy shit we're getting the whole squad over here from houston i didn't know much about it but obviously champions was kind of exciting so obviously i fell through yeah what happened yeah so re- reports are saying now that what really happened is the jays were held up on the deal with brantley before they could sign the dotted line finalize that a trade had to go through and be finalized with what we're assuming would be an outfielder to not only clear up space in the roster, but to clear up space for him to play, right? You have, if you just signed Michael Brantley, we'll say, and you kept the team as it is, and there's no trade, you got you got now Randall Gritchick, Ludus Gurriel Jr., Teoscar Hernandez, George Springer, and Jonathan Davis. So that would and then a couple be, other minor league guys, right? So that, that, that are in the mix. Be, that would probably be Hernandez on the way out, right? If they signed them. Well, and here's the here and here's the kind of the funny thing, is everyone kind of went straight to Hernandez or Randall Gritchick because Randall Gritchick kind of the odd guy out there. He's he's going to play center field. George Springer's going to play center field, right? But a lot of teams are interested in Lourdes Gurriel Jr. because he had a super team friendly contract, right? He's making pennies for what he is right he's he's a he hit over 300 in a shortened season I'll give that but hit over 300 last year uh he's a good defender he's young he's still got lots of potential right so that was kind of the trade bait I was getting from the field on the market right that was kind of where they're, they're shopping Guriel, which was kind of shocking to me because as a Jays fan that's a guy I want to keep on to like he's kind of he's kind of the future with this core right so and that's what was kind of holding up on the Brantley deal. I don't think the Jays got a deal that made realistically made sense for them to uh, like, it didn't make sense for them to trade Guriel or Grichik to sign Brantley. Um, they weren't getting in return what they thought they were valued at. Right. I just, uh, I feel for like it, it came through and I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Like I'm not a diehard Jays fan, but they're in Toronto. So we're like, Oh yeah, go Jays. Awesome. But yeah. Yeah. Like I was a diehard Jays fan when they were winning, so, um, but you know now they're kind of not up there. So it, you know you see this deal come through. And I think it was I read I read the tweet from Hazel May, who I she's in with the team, so she was like, oh yeah, the Leafs have yeah. not the Leafs, the Blue Jays have signed Michael <laughs> Brantley. The Blue Jays have signed Michael Brantley, and I was like, oh that's pretty cool, like, that's a big deal, and then fell through. So so what, what is it? Oh yeah yeah. What's next? Like who's the yeah. next big what, signing? What's next? There's a couple out there. So 
if I think the Jays are going to go in the direction I think they're going to go, obviously we all want them to get Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer is the biggest name on the market still. Um, everyone knows what he brings to a team. But I honestly think the Jays are going to go the more cheaper route, the more uh, projectile route. And they might sign a guy like Charlie Morton or Jake Odorizzi, right? Those guys that are – they bring a veteran presence to the staff. They've kind of proven themselves. They can get them at a, at a lower price than something like a Trevor Bauer would. He'll eat up innings. Those guys will eat up innings for you. Uh, but he can also look like they might bring back a guy like Tywin Walker that's a free agent that uh, – it was really good down the stretch for the Jays when they got picked them up in the season. Um, even in the, like that playoff push, he was awesome for us. He's one of our better arms. So if I had to guess, and if just kind of what I'm reading, it would be Tywin Walker, Jake Odorizzi, um, Charlie Morton would be the starters they're looking at. They've also been linked to Brad Hand. Um, so I don't know how much traction what kind there. Of, what kind of, as a Blue Jays fan or uh, as a Blue Jays, you know, reporter, scout, what kind of, what kind of positions did the Jays need to fill? Because I heard that the, although Springer, great addition, didn't fill a void that they were looking for. Right. You, you could make that argument, right? Because we already had a solid outfield. Um, but the Jays do – it's obvious. They need to fix their bullpen. They have, they have some clear holes there, and they do need to fix some glaring holes in the starting rotation, right? You got guys like Tanner Roark, Trent Thornton that are – at the end of the day, just not great big league arms and they're not going to win your championship at the end of the day. Right. So it's got to come to pitching now, Uh, pitching and defense, Ross Atkins and uh, Mark Shapiro, they're huge on um, run prevention, right? They don't, they don't say uh, better pitching. They say run prevention. And that can come from pitching and a higher defensive percentage, right? A higher fielding percentage. So the the Jays were one of the worst teams in the league last year uh, defensively. So as, they're looking to obviously improve that. So okay. wait, Brandon, I got to bring this up because you mentioned Tanner Roark and uh, Tanner Roark is related. You're already laughing. I think you know what I'm going to say. Tanner Roark is yeah. related to one of the best hot mic moments in sports where uh, Keith Hernandez was caught saying something. Do you, do you know what that is or do I need to say it? I think you got to say, I don't know. He uh, they just came back from commercial and the hot mic, because obviously they don't turn it off for the broadcasters. You just hear uh, Keith Hernandez say, wow, Roark's really getting his tits lit tonight. (laughs) (laughs) But the best reaction was the other commentator was just like, yep. uh, (laughs) So whenever I see Roark on the mound, I just can't take him seriously. But yeah. Uh, What is your... Because when I think of Atkins and Shapiro, I think of I, – I don't know what to think. Like, they don't really have an identity to me as a casual fan. Like right. What, and what's, what's their approach? Like, what am I thinking of? When I, when I see what they're doing, what am I thinking of? Because I look at teams around – like, if I use other teams in Toronto, if I look at um, – if I look at Masai, I'm go, well, I know he's not the GM, but if I look at Masai, it's like he's aggressive, he's out there. If I look at Kyle Dubas, he's yeah. calculated and – he knows what he's doing. If I look at Digit Murphy over with the Toronto Six, she's aggressive and yeah. looking for a team that wants to compete. When I look at the Blue Jays, I'm like, I don't know what they're trying to do. So what are the Jays trying to do in the long term? Right. Uh, ba- baseball is one of those sports where it's not like many others in the form of managing and things like that. Right? You gotta. It's a system. And 
Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins have implemented the system that they used in Cleveland. Uh, Mark Shapiro used it a ton in Cleveland. Basically, as best as I can explain, it's like a revolving door, right? And it takes time. Um, baseball, you, you can't, it can't be like basketball where you can go sign those two guys and go win a championship with KD and Kyrie, right? Ba- baseball, it, it, it's time. You got to develop guys and bring them up. And then you, you add a guy like that in a free agency, right? It's just how it works. Um, so they, they implement a system, right? And that's where you see the Jays that were so bad for so over those, what, five years, right? Right. right after that kind of Batista era. Um, it was, it was bad. Um, but yeah, during that I, I want were... let me jump in there. I want to give credit to the fact that maybe not two years ago, but this past year, they finally let their young ones blossom, which I think it right. was a huge, a huge drawing factor to maybe not Springer, but other free agencies is like, okay, well, these guys have a little bit more promise now. I remember, I remember I was pretty upset because I, not that I knew much about baseball, but two years, two or three years ago when, you know, Guerrero and Bichette came on the scene, it felt like, uh, whatever Shapiro right is that the name of the guy Shapiro Shapiro yeah Shapiro yeah see so I just felt like the management was holding them down and I always would hear that next year next month next year next month and so I think that you know due to the fact that they obviously weren't playing well it's not really effective to go out and spend money and not you know lose and lose your 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 prospects who are actually some of the best prospects I think in baseball overall not just you know highly sought after Toronto baseball prospects these guys can be like you know really impactful yeah, it hit the nail on the head there. It's and, that, and that's kind of the system they're implementing, right? And and creating a farm system that is like a revolving door, and they're they're continuing to bring those blue chip prospects up to the big leagues every five years, right? So it's when those Bichette and Biggios are getting ready to retire or move on from a contract, that that next wave is coming, and you're seeing that in the Jays with a Jordan Crochans and Austin Martin. Like those are the, those are those next names you got to be aware of. You go. So that's kind of that's kind of the approach um, Shapiro and Atkins had. They get a lot of heat on it, but it's so it's it's to create a dynasty. It's to, it's to be like the Cardinals, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, and to be like the Yankees, where they're they're good every year, right? And and you're seeing that. The, and I think you will see this from now going forward. The Jays will be 500 better for the better part of the decade for sure. It's it's going to be a revolving door. Guys it's are now going to want to play here, be, right? It's I just it, that's how this that's how their system is. They they get a lot of flack over it, but in the long run, it, it's more it's more projectable, right? And it sounds like they're getting a new stadium soon too, so that uh, that'll help. Oh, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother take. Yeah. Okay, so you yeah. mentioned, yeah, 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 fine, yeah. go. I was, was going to say one last baseball thing, and then I want to get your opinion on some other sports, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, for sure. Who are we looking for this year? So let's go, uh, let's say, what, top four teams? Top four teams that are, we're going to have the last four in the uh, competing for a World Series. So if you were to place, if I was to give you 20 bucks and say pick four teams to make the World Series, who are you picking? Ah. Uh... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the Padres for sure, with the the additions to you Darvish and Blake Snell, the already great pitching staff. Yeah, yeah. And you got guys like Fernando Tatis and and Eric Hosmer on that team. Like it's ridiculous, right? I think they're for sure they're there, and if not anything less, is a disappointment. Honestly, um, I think honestly the Dodgers will be right back there again. You get Mookie Betts for that full year, um, again, and it, it's only gonna make that clubhouse better. Um, even if they do lose Justin Turner, I think they still have good young pieces that are they're going to come up there and 
perform at the big league level right away. Uh, if we move over to the AL side, uh, this is where it gets tricky, right? Uh, if, I, if I had to give my guess, I think the Yankees are finally going to break out. If they, add, if they add one or two arms, right, if they can somehow bring in a Trevor Bauer and uh, a Jake Oda Rizzi, that's just, that offense is scary. They're, they're going to put up five to seven runs every game without a doubt, especially in that small ballpark. So if, if they can get any sort of stable pitching, they're there, in my opinion. Uh, and if I had to go, I, I like the Twins, man. I like the Twins. They're that that lineup. The they hit a lot of home runs. They're scary, and that their bullpen's good. Their defense is really good. They have Byron Buxton, which creates a whole other element. Like the, he's the fastest guy in the league, arguably. Brings they just have so many elements of the game covered. Um, they're really they're really good. Okay, thank you for those answers. Now, Josh, I know he has going to word it a little bit differently, but I just want to give a warning that this is almost like you're the author to. Um, like 101 dumb questions to ask a baseball player. So, Josh, take it away. In the long run, if you were to build a team, what would you build it around? Pitching or batting? Like, what is more important? Pitching. Pitching wins you games. Okay. Right. It's pretty, seems pretty seems pretty clear cut. And for us to think that it was going to be negotiable is obviously where we fell short. So, uh, I think, can you tell us more? Well, yeah, I, so it, I just want to jump because you said pitching wins you games, but like pitching doesn't get you points. It prevents so just pitch like you can't win a game with pitching, but you could lose a game with pitching. Is that kind of the mentality? Right. Right. If I have, if I have a Tanner Roark pitching for me every game, giving up five to six runs, how does how does the mentality of your offense having to always play catch up feel? It's not, daunting. Not it's draining. Yeah. It's like it's like having a sack on your back. Like oh, here we go again. Right. Um, and, and pitch, you, you didn't get one run and you have a Trevor Bauer on the mound, you're more than likely to win that game, right? And, and, and pitching is harder to develop than hitting. You can teach hitting three ways from Sunday. You can, you can take a guy from the Dominican that's played in the street and teach him hitting with a hitting coach, right? Like pitching, it, it's, it's, a, it's a lot longer of a process. Um, it's a lot harder. Um, and it, it's a lot, it's hard to find a guy that throws in the upper nineties with the high spin rate that it's effective and that can command the zone. Right. So I, I might, at the end of the day, I, that's, if I had to build a team, that's where I'd surround it around. All right. Okay. Hey, obviously this weekend, uh, this is going to be the worst transition ever, but whatever we have, <laughs> we have the conference finals for the NFL. Who are you liking for the Super Bowl? Oh man. So we got Bills, Chiefs, and then Packers. Yeah, I'm Buccaneers. gonna go. I'm. Gonna, I don't think the Bills get past the Chiefs if. All right, we, uh, we 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 gotta really go. Don't. We gotta go. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, yeah, I honestly, I just think the Chiefs are just too good. As as great as the Bills season is, I'm gonna go Chiefs and Packers in the finals. Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I want to see Aaron Rodgers win. I'm gonna go Packers winning it all. So who's been your who's been your MVP for QB? Because you got probably you know they usually nominate like three guys. You probably got out of the three or four quarterbacks, three of them have MVP caliber seasons. And uh, you know I think it's Aaron Rodgers. I think I've been saying Brandon. What was it? Week seven? I said Rodgers. Some I thought you said Josh Allen. <laughs> well, you know, in my heart, in my heart, it's Josh Allen. But realistically, it's Aaron Rodgers. 
Actually, yeah, you might have. We'll have to go uh, take I'll some check. seats. I'll, I'll, I'll watch. Yeah, I hate the Packers, time. but I mean, he's so efficient, and it's he's he, apparently yeah, he's so consistent. Yeah. He, it, yeah. Well, you just watch the games, and he can he just slows the game down. It's like the Brady effect, right? He just right. has that effect on the game where he, he just controls the whole game. It, Which I still have. I still have Brady coming over them in that game because not just because I need that for my, my words to stand because that's where I, that's where I bet it a couple weeks ago. But I think I heard that the Bucks had a really easy, easy time beating the Packers early in the season. So I think that they played it, once, yeah. but it, it is it's something that is, it's, it's in the mind of a fan at least. Brandon, I got to ask you this. You keep saying you bet. Uh, do you have money on Tom Brady or something? No, but do you see what I mean? Like, it would be my first thing to come to fruition, if that makes sense. Not that. It's like I haven't had oh. a proper take ever. It was like a it was like a take I took way before like, the playoffs even started. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to say Brady because I don't know shit. And then he kept winning. And then I'm like, okay, I got to stick with my word. Like, I need the Brady, Brady, Brady. So even if he's going to have to go against the MVP, you know, Devontae Adams, right? That's one of the best receiver. And it's just kind of like, Okay, fuck it. I still have to tell you why Brady is okay, and uh, it's hard because it doesn't really it doesn't make me sound convincing. But I just care about the Bills, and I just care about the fact that I called the fact that they might get there against the Bills. And Tyrus is right; it's probably going to end up being the Chiefs and the Packers. Yeah. But if it comes you know, to as sad as, sad as oh, we're all, it's, it's over the last eleven the last eleven weeks. The Bills have been the better team than the Chiefs, so. We'll see how we're gonna goes. find out, man. You can't, you can't, you can't rule out Mahomes, man. If that guy doesn't have, if he's, you if can't, he's playing without that if concussion, it comes, you can't if, rule out Mahomes. I don't know though, because <laughs> that guy could take over a game, man. But if it comes down to a shootout, Josh Allen hasn't had the chance to show that he can do that because he's just been dominating games this year. The only close game they he's have, got, yeah, he's got Stefan for that long ball. It's yeah, game. yeah, yeah. He I don't is, know. Maybe you're that's going to be a hell of a game now that I think about it. Like now I know Mahomes is playing. Like that's going to be a that's going to be a game. Hopefully, yeah. and this is going to be the greatest transition in podcast history. Hopefully, that shootout reaches the peaks that it should. Unlike the Leafs and Oilers last night, which was an absolute oh, dumpster fire of a game. Who's your hockey team? Like, wh- what's your team? Oh, Leafs, Le- Leafs all the way. Die hard, yeah. Like die. Okay, so now we know. Blue. Who, now we know who you think is going to win the cup. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, just give me, like, give me, like, a hockey take. I, I'm not even gonna add, just talk about hockey for me. Give me something. Very broad, but just something. Yeah, very, very broad. Um, <laughs> okay, how about this? How about this? No, no, no. I got this. This is it. it we're Canadian right now, and it, it's a huge deal. The Scotia Bank North Division, and some teams won't make it. And you know, it's a pretty. It's not like we have American teams. It's not confusing right now. All the teams in Canada. Which top is it? Five, Josh, or six? Four. Which top four make it out, and which top and which which top? What are your top four Canadian teams in this year's division? I'm gonna go Leafs, Oilers. I think the Habs are gonna shock some people. They, they, that's a good team. Uh, they're the best team um, in the division right now. I think Winnipeg. Winnipeg. They just they score. They can they can mm-hmm. score. I don't know. Winnipeg. I feel like didn't I, I, have, I don't even know. I feel like I was trying to. I think I put the flames. I don't know what I did anymore, Josh. I have to go back to that episode. I have your picks somewhere. I think. <laughs> I think I threw them. See, out the flames. Team. The flames are an interesting team, right? They're they're a physical, high energy team like that. They're they're not fun yeah. to play against. 
You know what someone said? Uh, I don't know who it was, but that's good that I don't know the name, but it probably was someone on, on air. Uh, they said, how can you be a... F- oh, fuck, might have been us, Josh. I don't, no, it wasn't us. Definitely wasn't us. It was too good of a take. How can you be... Uh, how can you identify yourself as a physical team when your star player is one of the softest in the league? And that's Johnny Goudreau. That was me. I said that. You said that shit? Yes. I'll no, you no, 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 no. Yes, I did. When did you say that? Like three episodes ago. Man, I had a dream then. I must have had a dream that I heard it on like Tim and Sid. That's how good it was. Sid, it's my time to shine. I'm telling you. See, as I said, if you're calling you, right do you got, do you with the resume I, in. I, I don't know. How, how the fuck did you say that shit? I don't even know. Um, what do you mean? But, how, I work in hockey. I make money. I make paychecks. No, but you don't talk about the flames. <laughs> I've never heard you talk about the flames. That's what's confusing. I feel like Kevin BX has said it. No, Kevin BX has said it. Definitely Kevin BX has said that shit. Kevin BX That's something Kevin BX would say. Yeah, but um, that goes to show, like, I remember there was, like, people made montages on um, all, all, like, Minnesota Wild players and, and all the people in the in the Western Conference slashing Goudreau's hands, like, one full year. It was just a bunch of slashes and hacks, and people were taking liberties on him, and he wasn't going to stand up for himself. So, I mean, they got Kachuk. I, I don't know. You, you got some guys with big bodies, but a lot of no-names on the bottom six as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But again, I don't know. They, they play a good system over there. Who's coming last? Who's coming last in the in the Canadian division? Because I think that's almost just as just as big of a question to Josh and I as who comes first. Because Vancouver, he, I think. I think I might be Ottawa. I'm gonna go with Ottawa. They've looked. That's good, where we, that, that, yeah, that's where that's where we stand on Ottawa. Is like we think that they could be that one team not to come last. But it's like who realistically would. I mean, you have to take a chance on well, the fact that someone's going to have I a think, breakout season. I, yeah, I think – and I think the Habs will have the breakout season. I think they have a, a good good team. But the, I think the division's a lot closer than people think. Like, right. I think it's I think it's going to be a tight race down to the wire. I, 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 might see the, I think you might see the Leafs at Edmonton kind of split a little bit from the group. But yeah. I think that's, that's like fair. for those last two – those last two spots are going to be tight in my opinion. Like – those those three yeah, and four sure. spots, it'll it'll be down to the wire, right? Because that's all you're just playing the same same teams, right? Like so, you yeah. you beat the team, right? And then that team that loses now has to try and like, they they got to catch up, right? Because it's in the same division all the time. So like yeah, it's this year is definitely more fun because every game is it, it's practically a four oh, yeah. point it's a four point game, right? Like I yeah it it's I've. I've, I don't think I've ever been, and maybe it was because we had a lack of hockey for so long. Like, we had the bubble playoffs, and it wasn't quite the same. And then hockey comes back, and I'm like, holy shit. Like, last night, I watched uh, Montreal-Vancouver. at Like, I was watching it at 1 o'clock in the morning. I would never do that. You were? You told me you went to bed at fucking 10.30. You... Hey, buddy, no, no, no. I told you. When I say I'm going <laughs> to bed, I put, my, I put my phone away. So that I can watch the game. Disconnected from the world. Yeah, exactly. This guy I was crazy. up watching that game. I went to a shootout and everything. And I was like, Josh, this game is so sick. Look at this shootout. It's going to extra rounds. No, no I, I was watching it too. I wasn't asleep. I just put my phone away. Anyway, uh-huh. getting aside from my personal life, which Brandon wants to keep bringing up. But uh, yeah, it's <laughs> oh, like. Was the last, was the, okay. It's just every every game means something. It's like you have so like if you have a yeah. Saturday Saturday night doubleheader, you got Leafs Habs at seven, and then you have I don't know 
Ottawa Calgary playing, it's like usually I wouldn't be interested in that game. I might check it out because I gotta finish my drink or whatever. But now it's like, oh shit! Like if Calgary get these two points, that affects the yeah. league. You, the, yeah, only, it, the only time it wouldn't. It, that's that's, that's a good them. point. It never used to matter because it would be like no. it would be the it would be the Canadian Western team would be the Oilers, and maybe for example would be like the Wild coming in, and A it would be in the Pacific uh, Division, and C it wouldn't affect 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 the Leafs, right? right? And the so, only way it would affect them is the President's Trophy. And I don't think a team has been in the president President's Trophy race since Vancouver in 2010. So A Canadian team, yeah. A Canadian team, yeah. So it's like, okay. but not this, like every division, it's so close. And it's almost yeah. like they have four separate leagues building towards that final four, right? For because sure. I think, I think it creates such a big like rivalry, like for us fans watching it too. Like I think as a season goes on and grows like you're going to see these rivalries and and these things grow and spark already something seen, like josh and i have noted sorry to keep interrupting but it's just because you know a good, good point um we've already seen austin matthews throw cross checks and hits that we've never really seen him do before and then it's just like okay when's never. the when, when's he gonna fight when's he gonna fight it's like yeah Honestly, he, he may drop the mitts he's going to man like he's gonna th- he had six hits last night like well, he, you see him, you get into those scrums too. Like after the whistle, you're seeing Matthews in a scrum. I'm like, what? Well, yeah, Jake exactly. Muzzin in the ice. You don't see Muzzin so. in there. No. Well, but it's, um, uh, it's a great division this year. I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. And I, I think I think it's going to spark a lot more fan interest around the league, right? Like, oh, yeah. For, always going to be tuning in now like not just saturday night they're gonna be like every game matters right well tonight we got montreal vancouver the rematch it's like yeah, i'm gonna check that out we gotta get some takes yeah, yeah i mean and and everyone's gonna be everyone's gonna be checking out the uh toronto edmonton game tomorrow because the first one oh, was yeah mcdavid matthews one. what hopefully matthews yeah. plays oh, who would have thought that would have been such a low scoring game Yes. Well, like two high power offenses. So Edmonton only, in my opinion, Edmonton only scored one goal because the first one bounced off Jake Muzzin's skate, and the second one was assisted by the referee on a phantom call. That was a phantom penalty, right? And it's like you got it. Seems like we. uh, Seems like the referees are getting in the way a lot more these days. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. Wow. That's something that we were mentioning uh, uh, over message watching hockey is, and I think I know Josh. To Josh hasn't watched the intermission shows, but Kevin BX and Brian Burke, all those guys have also been mentioning that the the referees uh, need to get um, closely watched. Like they need to have uh, more of official reporting on them. And I think that the NHL is looking into the fact that the referees have been um, calling. They called it. Kevin BX is like, yeah, I think the referees are going to look. NHL is going to look into calling ticky tacky penalties. So it goes to show that you know it's being noticed. And I think the fact that if it has to do with protecting a superstar or not, I mean, we're not trying to see a whole game, uh, power play or even strength. I mean, we're trying to see a, a natural right. game that's not manipulated by a bad call. That's just here to protect a Connor McDavid or Mitch Marner. I think yeah. it's, well, I think and, and you bring up the, I, sorry. I just think we're seeing a result of the refs not having a preseason. I, I honestly think that's what it is. Go on, Tyler. Yeah, that's that's you bring up you bring up Brendan a good point the ticky tacky calls right and you, and you look at the play last night with Jake Muzzin where I can't remember exactly who but an Edmonton player running into him and then 
Muzzin gets tied up another guy and the other Edmonton player falls and you, you watch in slow-mo and it really wasn't. That was the penalty you're talking about, right, John? Yeah. Yeah, it, it wasn't right? a penalty. It wasn't a penalty. <laughs> it wasn't a penalty. And that's one of those instances, that's one of those instances as a ref where even if it's questionable, that's in a tight game like that too, like it, that's a play on. There's no clear-cut penalty here. Like a, a play on, but let's keep the, the physicality, let's keep it like, you know what I mean? I just think I got to play on to me like, that was such yeah. a wishy-washy call. Like, right. Well, it, cha- it changed the whole outlook on the game, right? It's like when Toronto played Ottawa and Toronto was up uh, 4-1 or something. Muzzin- Ottawa was up 3-1. No, no, no. This was the se- oh. the second game. Muzzin, right. be- Muzzin beheaded Stutzel and the ref was like, nope, keep it going. <laughs> like, like, There's no consistency, right? So. Right. That's a huge right. point. And, well, well, where's the line, right? Exactly, and i i do feel, I do feel for these refs. I don't know if you guys know this. They only have seven officiating crews in Canada because obviously they can't cross the border. So you're going to see the same officiating crews yeah. very very often, right? So hopefully they I can get. The All right, so we'll get your take. What? Yeah. Who's? What the hell's going on? <laughs> take on what? Somebody said, "Give me your take." I was like, "All right, I'll give it." Okay, so I was going to say, give me, give me your take where do you think now with the refs not crossing the borders and, and, and officiating those American teams, do you think the refs do get better over time with officiating the same teams and knowing tendencies of players? That's a good question. Uh, I think that the NHL, it can be related to the NBA. And I see the NBA – and the referees and the players, sometimes they just be chatting it up after a call and they have a good relationship. I think the fact that uh, they're miking up the referees, Wes McCauley, they're trying to do like TikToks, they're trying to be more inclusive. And I think that the NHL is trying to get this relationship where they can talk to the players and it's a relationship where it's not yelling and arguing because that's the kind of the narrative around hockey is that, uh, you know, a player gets a penalty and he curses out, screams at the ref and can't take it properly. And I think that, you know, to send the message to the young players, if you're watching on TV, you don't want to see Mitch, you don't want to see Matthews, you know, slam their stick in the box so i think when a referee talks to the players and you see those mic'd up videos about them talking about christmas and they're just talking about stuff other outside of the hockey i think that sure if you're just refereeing eight teams tyrus brings up a great point i think you get to know those eight guys eight teams more 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 in general than 32 and uh you know whether or not you can develop a nice relationship where you know like that's your buddy on the other side of the referee and and you're a lease player but i don't know if it gets that close for sure but i'm sure it's pretty first name basis I think you saw that kind of in the World Juniors too. I like you saw those videos, that. those those pregame puck drops, right? And the ref says whatever. The They're trying to. They were, hockey, I could right? tell as soon as it happened. I was like, okay, like TSN is trying to act childish here, or like not TSN. Um, like hockey's trying to dumb us down a little bit. Like we're not nice, so they have to yell at yell at the TV that we're nice. Hey, have a night. Like we're good. We're a good sport here. Like. Yeah. It was kind of like, okay, relax. Like the kids are going to have a good time. I think regardless, I think the referee was going yeah. for the attention more than they were trying to bring on to the superstars who were playing the actual game. Everything that was yeah. posted on TSN was, oh, this is what the ref said today. Yeah, it was viral for a few weeks yeah. there. Like he stopped, like it was every game. You, first thing is posted. All right, I got two more questions for you. This weekend, Saturday night, McGregor Poirier. I don't know if you're a UFC guy or not, or if you'll be watching the fight. Who you got? I got McGregor. Yeah. I got it's, yeah. Again, at the end of the day, that's like the Mahomes effect. It, McGregor is, it's a proven track record. He, he, he can take over a fight. He just, 
he's a beast, man. His mentality is it's he's just a beast. And I I think McGregor has that has that opportunity early in fights where he can knock someone out in thirty seconds. Yeah. Where I think what what hurts McGregor is if the fight goes on, the fight goes deep into the rounds. That's where McGregor, I think, has a disadvantage. Um, but I think McGregor, I think McGregor will win. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, my last question, give me, what do you want? Three or five? Three or five of your hottest sport takes that people yell at you at a bar for. Oh, man. Give me three. Give me three. Five's a lot. Being a Leafs fan. I get yelled at for a lot for that. I got yelled at before the lockdown for being a Leafs fan in a bar. Um, that always comes back to bite me. Uh, I, think the take, I, think the take, I think the take there when you're talking about the Leafs is that we think that they're going to be first place this year. Right. Yeah. That's what we're taking heat for. Oh. That's not even a hot take, okay. though. Like they're projected to finish first. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I... I Again, but again, it's the Leafs, right? Yeah, they're, they're probably going to finish. They've been. What am I kidding? They're probably going to finish. They're probably going to finish seventh, miss out on the draft lottery, and just do fuck all in the off season. That's how the Leafs do it. All right, your second they hot always, take. They yeah. always find a way. Yeah. Second hot take. Hmm. Literally anything, like just fire it at me. Being a Green Bay Packers fan right now. Oh, all right. That's bad. That, uh, that <laughs> bring, uh... <laughs> Josh does not know. He just said, okay, that's bad. <laughs> Brendan, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to clip that one. Brendan just exploded out of his chair. <laughs> oh, fuck, Josh. He just kind of ended that take. Uh, one more take before Josh cuts it out before you finish it. Did the Blue Jays finish higher than the Astros? Oh! 100%. Mm. I think so. I, I think so. the Blue Jays... I think this, I honestly think this is... A, even without Springer, at the end of the day, I think this is a Blue Jays breakout year. You take Springer out of there, and I think you let these guys develop another year. You let you get a full, healthy year of Bichette. You get another silver slugger year of Hernandez and Vladdy dropping all that weight, dropping 50... Mm upwards of 60 pounds and getting into shape now finally mm. i know i think i think right you, you surround them with a few arms and i think this is uh this is their year this is their breakup year i think for sure though i don't think the astros would be very good at all go bills I, uh, I would i was kind of upset about this pandemic it interfered with my plans of going to an astros jays game and just fucking yelling at them all right uh, uh bring a trash can Whatever. Whatever. We're <laughs> I'll, I'll smack. I'll smack the through security. Me and Brandon will go and I'll smack Brandon in the head if that's what it takes to get a noise going. All right. <laughs> we will see you on Saturday. Uh, the Leafs play Friday night. So we'll talk about Tyrus. That. Thank you so much. We'd love to have you back on once the season gets going and we can see some action. Yes, for sure. Excuse for sure. me. I was guys. getting there, Brandon. Stop interrupting my outros. No. Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Thanks, Tyrus. Goated movie. Tyrus, don't hang up. We're just gonna hit pause, and we'll talk to everybody All later. Right. Um, go Jays, go Leafs, go Bills, go Raps. Did I cover everybody? Fuck the Packers. Fuck the Packers.